something outside. What is that? Radio listeners, this is your host, Gunnar Monson. Along with me is my good friend, Shane Hardcore Corson. Shane, how are you today? Hey, doing well, Gunnar. Doing well. Enjoying the Southern California sunshine as I'm back down in San Diego for my brother's wedding. Uh, so, yeah, doing well. How are you doing? Doing pretty good. Getting over a little bit of the, the sniffles, but uh, it's been... Um, the weather this week has been up and down. We had a lot of rain, and then um, now we've got some sunshine. So uh, Oregon is is transitioning into the spring season. Of course, that means you know some spring showers. So uh, nothing we're not used to, but uh, we're enjoying a little bit of sunshine. It warmed up a little bit today, so um, happy about that. Yeah, and and of course, spring also uh, we start getting. Uh, a lot more time out in the out in the field and out in the woods uh, as the weather uh, is a little more uh, convenient and cooperative. Yeah, and that's what we talked about before. It's been really, really uh, snowy this year in the coast range, which is is pretty unusual that we have as much of a snowpack as we have had, um, and that's clearing up. Um, only takes a couple of good rainstorms to uh, wash that all out and um, open up the roads and stuff to get back out to uh, the area that we like to go researching. So it's cool. Ready for that. Yeah, yeah. And, and the water levels are extraordinarily high in some of these rivers and lakes. I, I've noticed uh, extremely high. Uh, you know, and, and one of the, the worst winters uh, parts of the Pacific Northwest have seen in a while. So it's going to be good uh, to get back into some of these areas. Uh, there's a tremendous amount of deadfall, treefall, uh, you know, a lot of snags. So it's it's going to be a, a little tricky getting into some of these areas. Uh, but uh, it, it'll be kind of interesting to see um, how some of these areas have uh, changed, uh, you know, due to the the, the weather. Yeah, and it's interesting. Yeah, to any place, any place around the water, this this uh, Winter will have uh, been affected by by flooding and and uh, so the, the river courses are going to be. It, it's amazing because Susan and I had gone up uh, and camped a couple years ago up uh, the lower Nahalem and uh, we found a nice camp spot and and we went back there last year and took Jake and uh, it was it looked completely different and it was like wow this is you know it, there was rock all over the place and. It had obviously been flooded out, but yeah, it was uh, still a nice camping place. It just was incredible to see the the landscape change so drastically, you know, in in less than a year. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, with us today is Fred Siniak, and Fred, I'm sorry if I'm butchering your last name, but Fred is a a researcher out of the state of Massachusetts, and uh, he he. Uh, is an active field researcher, and uh, let's bring Fred on. Fred, welcome to Monster X Radio. Yes, sir. How are you? Yes, sir. I'm fine. How about yourself? Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. So, Fred, for the Monster X listeners, tell us a little bit about your your background and who is Fred. Uh, well, I'm, I'm retired right now, and uh, about six years ago, I started to get involved in the Bigfoot researching. Uh, something I always want to try, and I tried it out, and I'm like hooked on it now. I go as much as I can. 
So initially, what brought you into uh, the subject of Bigfooting? Uh, I think I was like a lot of a lot of other people, you know, Patterson Gimlin film. I was interested in that. Then I read some books, and one thing led to another. I said, you know, I like to find out a little bit more about what this is about. And that's when I, uh, you know, found this person on Facebook and went out with a researcher, and I've been doing it ever since. So you are in the state of Massachusetts, which is not um, the first place that people generally think of for uh, Bigfoot habitat. Um, tell very, us a little bit about true. where we, you research. And, yeah, go ahead. Well, we, it's like a state uh, state forest that we go to, and um, there's been mm-hmm. sightings there. Uh, actually, uh, sightings by the same family twice, a crossing, and one was a peeper, one peeping in the window. So there's been there's definitely been a white Bigfoot that was a little in the area. But there's a there's a lot more uh, forest in Massachusetts than I think most people think. Yeah, I think people don't understand how much forest there really is. There's a lot of forest in uh, Massachusetts, quite a bit. So um, when you when you go out and and do your research, uh, what kind of techniques do you use? To, I mean, are you a tree knocking group, or what do you do to interact with Bigfoot, and have you had success? Uh, actually, you know, we do a little bit of everything. We uh, do the tree knocking. We go out and, you know, we uh, like hike in the area where there's been sightings and whatnot. But the latest thing we've been doing lately, and it's been it's been working like a charm, is uh, we'll sit in the forest in the in the van with all the lights off, and we have one of these uh, microphones you put out that magnifies everything. You can hear sounds. And lately, it's been like the noises are coming to us. It seems like it's working a lot better this way. So kind of a more um, passive approach. Correct, yeah. And it seems like we'll sit there and talk, laugh and joke, whatever. And it seems like that's when we're starting to get more action by doing it that way than going out. That seems to be the best way we've been doing it lately. Fred, you know, getting into into the, the, the Sasquatch thing right off, you know, Looking back six years ago, what were you expecting? Uh, I mean, uh, were you really skeptical, uh, kind of open-minded? Uh, what were you expecting going into this? You know, as as to getting involved with the research. Um, I was kind of on the fence, but I was definitely interested. Like I said, after seeing a given film and stuff, that got me interested. And then reading articles, and one thing led to another, and it got to the point where I said, you know, I want to find out what's going on here, and uh, finally, this is you know really happening. And mm-hmm. I've been doing it ever since. Now, when you were looking into getting involved with the research aspect, and you're, uh, you know, possibly, I guess, looking at individuals, uh, what was your perception of the online world of Bigfoot at that time uh, compared to now? Uh, well, I think it's a lot better now, a lot more informative now than it was back then. There's a lot more information out there, I think. Yeah, I, I just, I guess, what I was getting at was were you having you obviously you found people online to, to work with and connect with was there any uh, bad uh, I mean was there anything that really threw you for a loop or threw you off when it came to the research uh, did, not not really because I, I got lucky and I found this researcher that's local and I've been doing this ever since so I've been lucky I really didn't have any bad bad things happen I get it, gotcha yeah well I got lucky you know speak yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I mean, who do you, uh, who are you now currently working with uh, when, when you're in the field or just uh, collaborating with in general? Um, well, the researcher, um, I don't want to reveal who it is, but the researcher is a local person that I go out with, and I'm also, I think I've mentioned to you before, that I'm on uh, Steve Coles' uh, squat, you know, squatch detective uh, from the Massachusetts chapter, yeah. I'm involved with. And have you, uh, have you, uh, I mean, how long have you been working with Steve Coles? Because he, I'm a big fan of Steve Coles. He's a great guy, great researcher, oh, yeah. and, a, and a hard worker. Uh, so uh, I got, I'm a big fan uh, of Steve Coles. And how, how's it, how's it been working with Steve Coles? For, I mean, for you, from your, uh, from your aspect. Oh, it's great. He's very professional. Uh, we have a lot of fun at the same time. But uh, we've had actually since I've known Steve, I had met him at a, um, a Bigfoot convention. And we kind of clicked, and he says, would you ever like to go out sometime, you know, out researching? And 
after that, now we've been friends for like four years, and I go up there. I'm going to be going up there this month sometime also to do a little research in the New York area. Yeah, Steve calls. I've, I've followed him for for many years. In fact, we've had him on the show here on Monstrex before. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he just he's a very talented. Uh, uh, well, he's the Squatch, you know, Sasquatch detective, <laughs> and he's named that for a reason. He's he's uh, he's every bit of that. Um, but uh, you know, have you actually got spent a lot of time in the field with Steve Coles, or, or are you like you go out solo a lot, or do you go out in a, in a group? Um, we usually go out with uh, you know two or three people. Well, I've been with Steve uh, off and on for the last four years. Okay. What, uh, you know, these, this area, you know, obviously you don't want to give up the exact area or anything like that, but this area, uh, you know, working in Massachusetts, uh, as Gunnar mentioned earlier, when I think of Massachusetts, uh, I just, it's not something that screams Sasquatch to me, but, uh, uh, you know, having done a little bit of research of the area and knowing some people that, that do actually uh, work in, you know, uh, do research in Massachusetts, it's actually got a lot going on for it. Uh, you know, that can you describe some of, some of the areas and the habitat and the, the natural resources uh, in, in the area that you're actively researching? Yes. Uh, there's, uh, like I said, it's a uh, state forest, and there's a water source there. There's deers. Uh, there's plenty of, it's, it's plenty of things for them to eat. You know, to survive, if you know, in that area, there's plenty of resources over there. Mm-hmm. Have you guys gotten so a Fred, lot of a lot of reports, real quick, Gunner? I mean, have you gotten a lot of reports from this area? I know you, you spoke of of one briefly, but uh, do you get a lot of reports from this area or any of the neighboring areas that uh, you uh, do this research in? Yeah, there, there's there's been quite, I can't give exact numbers. I don't know myself, but yeah. there's, there's been quite a few. Um, uh, reports of uh, sightings and whatnot. So, Fred, yeah, go um, ahead. tell us. Tell, I mean, what? Let's describe a typical outing when uh, you you get together with your friends and and you head out to go squatching. What What does a typical expedition or research outing involve? Well, we usually try to go out uh, the later the better because it seems like the later we go out, it seems like the more action we seem to get. So we usually get there probably after midnight and park park the vehicle there, turn all the lights off, and then we just listen. And like I said, it's been working fantastic. We had some a lot of action in November. It was, it was insane. So when you say action, what what are you referring to? Okay. Uh well, this particular night, we were uh, had everything off, and it was quiet, and we were talking and laughing and joking, whatever. And then uh, we kept hearing, like, footfalls, big, you know, football footfalls. And it started, whatever this was, was running at a high rate of speed, extremely heavy, and then it stopped on a dime, and then it started running again right towards the van. Because you could feel it, you could hear it coming towards us. Stopped again, then ran again. So whatever it was. From what my, what I gathered, didn't want us to be there. So you were you're sitting in the van and you're listening through uh, a parabolic mic. Is that correct? Parabolic correct. Parabolic yes, correct. Yes. Um. And what? So what? When you're hearing this, what do you guys do? Well, we were trying to. What we were hoping to do is, if, you know, once this thing got as close as possibly could have gotten to us. We we're going to put the mm-hmm. lights on. Hopefully, there was something there to see, but unfortunately, it didn't happen. But that's what we were hoping for. Gotcha. So, when you're, what kind of, I mean, when you you guys go out and and do research, are you collecting any kind of data? Are you recording the the audio stuff that you're doing? Or oh yes, yes, we actually have that on audio. That that incident that I just told you about. It's 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 pretty mm-hmm. compelling. And then what what do you do with that once you've collected it? Do you have a process for vetting the your evidence or well, my friends want to record it, and uh, it's it's mm-hmm. it's being held because we're going to get more hopefully we're going to get more activity and I was hoping to get I got some video of something out there because i we've had a lot of action in this area we go it seems like it's very highly active so when you so is most of the activity that you've had been audio stuff? Uh, for the most part, audio, any... uh, like, well, you're citing or something? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, so anybody oh, sorry, seen uh, it? 
what's what's making the noises? Well, my friend seen eye shine one night, and we had a, a large tree break. This is another time we'd gone mm-hmm. earlier, a couple of years before, and we're sitting at mm-hmm. the picnic table, and all of a sudden we smelled this horrendous smell. And before that even happened, we were hearing, hearing heavy footfalls and a large tree break. And you know, we seen um, my friend seen eye shine. I throw an apple in the woods, and right over where that apple was, my friend seen eye shine. That's interesting. So, oh, it was definitely. So what? As of yet, I, I always refer to a sighting as the confirmation experience. I mean, until right. I'm in the same boat, it sounds like you have not had a, 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 a visual encounter, and no, and I'm in the same boat. No. So I always kind right. of uh, reserve a like, where are you on the scale of uh, you know one to ten that they this is an actual creature, living, breathing animal creature. Uh, I'm it, my estimation. Uh, I'm thinking at least an eight because they have had sightings there before in that area that we were in. Mm-hmm. And it was a, I, so I what, mentioned it really was a white bigfoot. What's that? It was a white bigfoot, a white, a white sasquatch. Yeah, I guess it was an old one. The the witnesses were saying it was like a, it was white and it looked kind of like an older one that's interesting because periodically we get um run across uh, i know of a white couple of white reports uh okay. up in washington state um but yeah but that's kind of a on the rarer side of and this is you right. said they're the, the same family saw the same one twice both times yeah, the white a few one. Years, yeah a few years ago it was uh we called a peeper peeping in the window, and then they had a uh, road crossing by the same family, and which is, you know, the chance of it happening once is very odd, but twice is they're very lucky. Astronomical, yeah. And and is yes. that? I mean, a close proximity. The the two sightings were within close proximity of each other. I'm assuming. Oh yes, yeah, they were very yeah very close to where their uh, residence was, so it was very very close. Interesting. Yes. Yeah, it's interesting. So what do you see as, I mean, the state of Bigfooting? Do you think that we're getting closer to to confirmation of the species, or are we, are we running, you know, kind of running in place? No, I think we're definitely getting closer. I think it's just a matter of time, I think. You know, I don't know how long it's going to take, but I think we're definitely closing in on uh, getting more info and, you know, possibly – I don't know if they, what plans are, if they want to capture one or whatever, because I'm from the no-kill zone. But as far as research goes, you know, I'd like to see them uh, get some, uh, you know, really good facts and stuff. So what do you think that it's going to take to prove their existence? Uh, Well, I I guess I would imagine either killing one or uh, capturing one, which I think is, capturing one is going to be a tough, tough ordeal, I think. Yeah, I and that's, I usually tend to say that it's going to take a specimen alive or dead or mm-hmm. some kind of, you know, long-term research study like Jane Goodall or, or something like that, which none of that I mean, I agree. is an easy task, obviously. I mean, to, to kill one, I, I spoke to a researcher whose motivation was, was to garner a, a specimen by shooting one. Uh, a while okay. back, and as last last I heard, they had not, you know, had any success. And I wish them luck because if it, it, it was an easy thing to do, it would have been done already because there's enough people out there, right. you know, Correct. looking. Um, so, have you personally interviewed anybody that that's had a, a great, compelling encounter, other than the folks that that you talked about? That uh, um, had the dual. Actually, I didn't talk to him personally, but it was uh, my friend was having a little um, at a local library having a, a lecture about Bigfoot, and this yeah. pastor and his son. Just a few years ago, they were in the area hiking, and they kept hearing all these noises all the time, and they couldn't figure out what the heck it was. And um, they both have watched Find a Bigfoot, so they were familiar with what a Bigfoot is. They're walking up in this area, which is an area that you wouldn't think it would be a, a Bigfoot, even though there's a lot of uh, land there and stuff. And they kept hearing, like, stuff being thrown, like, rocks and whatnot. And then uh, 
the son pointed out, he goes, Dad, what's that over there? And what I guess, what their account was, there was a, uh, a squatch squatting down by a tree. And the thing was huge. Like, it squatted down and was trying to hide itself from them. And it, how long did their encounter last? Uh, I think it was, I'm, I, it was such a while ago. I was going to say it was maybe 30, 40 seconds. And I guess it just jumped up and then just, you know, from the, the tree line and just jumped over like this little uh, ridge and then took off. And that was in Massachusetts? Correct. And actually the, the people, the, the pastor took a picture of it. It's not the clearest picture because it's so far away, but you can tell just uh-huh. by the shape of it. It was it was very wide. You know, you can see it was trying to hide behind a tree. You could see part. So yeah, that's it's always tough because uh, the task of actually getting a clear photo. I think people underestimate what it's going to mm-hmm. take to get one because most people are not, most of the time that uh, Bigfoot encounters are are fleeting. You know momentary exactly. at best and, and people are not walking around necessarily with their camera or even if their phone ready at the ready and, and that's not I don't think that'd probably be my first response either if I was seeing a Bigfoot for, you know I, I wouldn't exactly first would be I sh- probably shock it's like what in the heck yeah. you know that it is mm-hmm. real so yeah, yeah exactly, uh, exactly. Yeah. so what is what is some of the most compelling evidence that, that you've run across? I mean, what is keeping you fueling the fire? What keeps you going back out? Well, nights like that night in November where, and the night you actually, uh, a few weeks before that, we had an incident. We were in the same general area, and we started hearing footfalls again. And then uh, as it got later on, we started getting pelted with uh, little pebbles. Then it graduated into rocks, and we looked, at the van and it was little marks in there. So something was definitely throwing stuff at us. That's do you guys, that's do you guys get a lot of that uh, kind of like wood knocks and, and stuff like that. I mean, are you guys get experiencing wood knocks or what sound like wood knocks, uh, anything like that out there or coming across any uh, track impressions? Um, I haven't come across any tracks, but uh, we have had wood knocks, you know, like two or three o'clock in the morning and it's like, I don't see anybody being out there at 3 o'clock in the morning doing wood knocks, so I'm, I'm assuming it's, it's probably one of our hairy friends out there. All right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to In these parts, and when it comes to the state of Massachusetts, I mean, what what part of the state in general seems to get the uh, most reports coming in? Do you have any idea? Um, I believe in, like, the Bridgewater area is what I uh, – what I've read, any kind of stuff I've read about, it seems like in that area there's always a lot of stuff going on up that, that way, Bridgewater, Mass. But mm-hmm. the triangle is up there, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is quite yeah. famous. Right. Yeah. yeah, famous for more than just Bigfoot. <laughs> yeah, you're talking about UFO sightings and whatnot. Pretty yeah. Everything. A little bit of everything. And what about the time of year in Massachusetts? I mean, uh, uh, you know, across the country, uh, you know, reports come in. Um, they seem to peak, obviously, when, when people there's more people out in the woods, you know, like August and, and months like that. Right. Are you seeing the same sort of thing in Massachusetts? Uh, I, I, my personal opinion is that they're around at all times, but I, I tend to, from what I see, it seems to be more action in the warmer weather. But, you know, mm-hmm. the colder weather, you still hear things, but I think you have a tendency to have more action in the warmer weather. Right, and you're, it seems to me like you're probably of the opinion that uh, you know uh, Sasquatch is around year-round. It's not necessarily migrating out of the state or completely disappearing, and coming back. Uh, you, no, I totally agree with like what you just said. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, yeah it makes sense. Yeah, sense. No way. If there's no reason to leave, then why leave? Uh, we talk about this exactly. a lot. So. Yeah. I tend to lean towards the transitory more than migratory, you know, that they follow the food source wherever. If if there's yeah, yeah. food, that's, I mean, they're not going to expend um, energy to just travel for the sake of taking a vacation. You know, if the food is there, Very they're, they're going to stay in the proximity of the food. So um, I think I think what their their travel patterns would follow what the food sources are, so. Oh, without a That's doubt. I totally opinion. agree on that. 
Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. So, Fred, tell us a little bit about um, your opinion of what what you think that we're dealing with. Is this, you know, this a uh, relic hominid? Is this, you know, a giant epithecus, uh, something entirely different? I mean, what do you, what's your opinion? I'm thinking gigantopithecus. That's just my feeling on it. That uh, stems from that. What I think it could be. And what? What based on what do you base your opinion on? I don't know if, if um, I just think they they could have survived and it's like a new almost like a new species of uh, ape or whatever you would like to call it. Mm-hmm. And they migrated and whatnot. So they just kind of spread across. Yeah, across I, I think the, they. Uh, yeah, I definitely think so. So as someone who's who has an interest in Bigfoot. Are you public about your interests? I am. I well, at first I get a lot of ridicule. Everybody gets goes through that, unfortunately. But I have more friends that are like you know are interested in that I'm interested in it too. And you got people, or you're gonna have people that have opinions no matter what. So you know, I like what I what, like, and that's you, it. Yeah. Well, what is the what do you run into as the general opinion in Massachusetts on whether Bigfoot is real or? I get a lot of, uh, well, they didn't find a body, uh, you know, uh, there's nothing out there, um, you know, mo- mostly things like that. There's no body out there, no evidence. And I'll say, well, what about the footprints? That's not a human footprint. And I try to tell them what I think of, you know, what it is. And mm-hmm. they usually come back, well, we haven't found a body yet, so I don't believe there's any such, such thing as that out there. And that's, I, I, I run into people like that are convinced that they don't exist, but they generally right, find right. that they haven't really looked at at the so, evidence that that if the preponderance of evidence is supports mm-hmm. the idea that there is, um, and I will come back with if you know if one uh, one sighting footprint hair sample uh, mm-hmm. have, isn't faked or misidentified, then they exist. So right, that, correct, yeah. And sometimes they'll, their jaw will drop, and we talk. You know, you talk about: Have you ever seen a cougar? Have you ever seen, you know, a bear? Right, uh, right, right. Yeah. How how often have you found? You know, how often do you find uh, elk skeletons in the exactly. woods, or deer, or any you know known animal? So yeah, I mean, I, I I've run in that to some degree. I think that um, being from Oregon, uh, there's a more open, accepting that there's the possibility that they exist just because it's so much part of the culture and, and, right, uh, right, right. and the conversation in, in the Northwest. So I don't, I don't know. I mean, growing up, you say, you talk about the Patterson uh, footage, Patterson right, right. footage. And uh, we're talking, we're coming up on the 50th anniversary of that, mm-hmm. that footage. Yes. And uh, we're still, I mean, is that's all, I consider that to be the best evidence for the existence of Bigfoot, as far as oh, I totally, as agree. Com- totally agree. Confirmation, and mm-hmm. but 50 years later, we're still debating. You know, having it, ha- it did not pr- prove conclusively to the general public that it exists. Well, my biggest beef is when I say to a man in a suit, it's, it's, there's no way. I mean, I've I've gone out this, on this film a million times, you know, looking at it and saying it's not a man in a suit. It's too mm-hmm. big. Well, uh, yeah, and we always go back to, you know, you got to remember that this was in 1967, the best, you know, we're talking about the best uh, costumers at the time have said that they could not replicate that. No, no. So They talked to a guy actually that that, that worked in uh, the Planet of the Apes. This is a long time ago. I think it was in the 70s, and he said there's no way it could have been done. Mm -hmm. That's a real animal, he said. Yeah, and we most of us have seen the Planet of the Apes from you know that time mm-hmm. frame, and it right it, it that was about the the peak of of costuming at the time, and it does not match so, what you see in the Patterson footage. No, no, not at all, not at all. I totally agree. So, in Fred, what about you know have you have you come across anybody, especially in Massachusetts, that was just absolutely staunch on on the fact that 
there is not a Sasquatch, there's not a Bigfoot, and then they've had that sighting or whatnot. Have you come across anybody like that? You know, I, I have personally with hunters, uh, some police officers, anybody that sticks out in your mind that, that was so anti the, the idea of a Bigfoot being out there that was just blown away when they had an encounter? Um, I did. I'm just trying to, I can't think of who it was, but there was somebody that was, you know, very much on the fence about this and, and had an evening. I'm not sure if they had a sighting, but they couldn't explain what it was and everything that I told you that I experienced, they had the same thing. So they're kind of changing your tune a little bit now as far as that goes. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> I know out here, uh, you know, in the Pacific Northwest, uh, Sasquatch, it's, you know, it's a bit of a phenomenon, but it's got a lot of uh, historical there's a lot of history to it. A lot of the Native Americans oh, yeah. talked about Sasquatch. I'm sure it's the same thing in, in Massachusetts. I mean, almost every state, uh, you know, there's a different name for Sasquatch. Uh, True. I think there's like over 200 names for Sasquatch uh, given yes. to by the Native Americans. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, have you uh, have you done any research on the Native American history in in, in Massachusetts by itself? I just started doing a little bit of it. I, I'm going to get more heavily into it, but I'm starting to, you know, check on that myself. So I'm very interested mm-hmm. in it. Yeah, I think it's a great way to go. Uh, it's 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 helped me personally out tremendously in mm-hmm. the state, you know, for Oregon, California, and, and right. Washington. Um, so yeah, I uh, hope uh, love to have you back on the show to talk about that. But it, who who do you look up to when it comes to the research of, of this subject. There's anybody, uh, you know, you got your Meldrums and whatnot. Have you actually gone to any conferences and, and spoke with any of these guys? Uh, I spoke to uh, Dr. Meldrum before. I, I went to the Ohio Bigfoot conference last okay. year, talked for a little bit. Uh, but I'll be honest with you, I think Steve calls to me is uh, one of the guys I definitely look up to. Yeah, that's that's without a doubt. Steve Pauls is uh, an amazing individual. I hope one day to actually have a chance to meet with him. Um, but, uh, you know, of course, we're uh, kind of on completely opposite sides of the country, though right. uh, I do like to get out to some of these conferences as well. I know Steve does, so hopefully one of these days uh, it'll be more than just a phone call. <laughs> but, yeah, fantastic. Definitely, definitely. Um, we like him. He's a yeah. great guy. Yeah, and, and Melvin's a great guy, too. Is there anybody else that you, you, uh, that you, you, you really look up to or, or uh, somebody you'd actually like to meet? Well, I, I've actually met this person, but, I mean, I, I I can't talk without mentioning this guy's name, Bob Gibbon. I met twice already. Oh yeah, and that was that was a treat. I mean, he his story was didn't change at all, right? Exactly the way he explained it on numerous shows. It's the same exact story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was. Uh, he was unfortunate. Yeah, he's he's a he's a he's a good friend of mine. Uh, he's become a good friend of mine over the years. You know, he uh, unfortunate living once again up here in Pacific uh, Northwest, now Washington. Um, and being involved with the Atlanta Project, Bob will come up to uh, and hang out with us. And fortunately, uh, two weeks ago, he was up hanging out with us. And, and uh, really, um, we weren't doing any research. We were just kind of planning some future events and just actually just having a get-together. And, uh, you know, uh, Bob's fantastic. You know, he likes um, he loves going to conferences and stuff, but he really likes the smaller venues. And right. most, of the time we don't, uh, most of the time, we don't talk about uh, – Bigfoot or Sasquatch, a lot of times we'll talk about what's going on in each other's lives. Uh, you know, we'll talk about uh, oh, okay. his past, which is an amazing past. I mean, if you've had any chance to speak with Bob about his, you know, his rodeo days or uh, his evil Knievel stuff. It's a uh, guy is uh, another amazing individual and uh, not a lying boat I've ever found in his body. No, I totally I agree. I mean, my wife was kind of on the fence about Bigfoot. Even she said, I believe him. he's seen what he's seen. You know, mm-hmm. that, you know, many years ago. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Gunner, what was your, I, I'm curious, Gunner, what was your initial impression uh, when you met Bob Gimlin? I, I'll, I'll tell you mine, but what was your initial impression when you met Bob Gimlin? Um, Bob's salt of the earth kind of guy. I mean, he's very mm-hmm. humble and, and uh, there was a, you know, there was a time when Bob was not, um, wanted nothing to do with the subject. He had a very mm-hmm. bad taste in his mouth. Um, and, um, actually, I think it was through kind of the BFRO initially that he uh, came back to the fold, and um, he's he's a great guy. I mean, he's just very he is. humble, very, I mean, I, he's, to me, he's one of the most compelling reasons uh, mm-hmm. for, I, I, I feel that uh, if, if 
in any if it was even possible that that the Patterson Gimlin footage was hoaxed, Bob had no mm-hmm. I had no knowledge of that. And and that being said, they had an agreement that you know they they would shoot if they felt threatened. And Bob had a right, rifle, right? Uh, so the person if it if it was you know if it was Patterson pulling something and uh, he, that person in the suit was taking a, a chance of having their head blown off. So certainly, certainly, I agree. Yeah, and I think Bob yeah. was a good enough shot; he could have done it. And I think he could have easily caught up. You know, he did uh, try to follow and found more right. impressions, but I think disappeared. I don't see a person. Pardon me, a personnel in that area disappearing, uh, knowing Bob being no. a tracker, no. uh, not going to happen. <laughs> well, my big, my biggest thing as far as the film goes is it, it has female breasts. So to me, why did you go through all the trouble of making a costume with the female breasts? Yeah, no, I mean yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's been one of the the, the arguments point. over yeah. time. Yeah, right. Yeah, one of the things. One of the things that I like about the film is uh, there's corroborating evidence. They, you know, they found they cast impressions right, uh, right. that match the, the proportions of the creature in the film. So mm-hmm. um, that's that would have been a and and again, Bob was there. So uh, that that to me uh, makes it more even more compelling. Of course, we're now in, you know, 50, like I said, this will be the 50-year anniversary of that film being being made, and um, we're going to have to have a specimen, I'm afraid, to prove uh, or or equally compelling footage, you know, Mm -hmm. now uh, that that can be analyzed from the nth degree. Something, you know, um, when Bart Catino had his thermal footage in the Sierras a few years right. back. He he did it the right way. He actually had somebody come in and say, tear my, you know, prove that this isn't what I think it is. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, that's what I think we're, you know, a fuzzy picture is not going to do it. You know, 50 no, fuzzy no. pictures are not going to do it. Um, no, footprints, we've got, we've got lots of footprints. I think it basically now comes down to a specimen you know, unless there was somebody that happened to um, one of these people that say that they have uh, frequent contact, quote unquote, habituation, uh, actually documents that uh, right, in, right. in a multitude of ways uh, with DNA samples and footage, you know, clear video footage and and uh, hair samples and whatever they could get um, over a period of time. Uh, it's going to take a body. Live or dead. I mean, that's sure, sure. and neither of those is an easy thing to do, for sure. What, what do you guys think of that other film that they had? I forgot the guy that, that shot it. Uh, it was like in the nineties. You mean Freeman? Yes, Paul Freeman. What do you think of that one? That is. Uh, um, I, it's, it's another. It's 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 another one of my favorites. Um, yeah, me too. Yeah, definitely yeah. another one of my favorites, and it's, it was taken in the Blue Mountains, which is uh, uh, another, historically speaking, uh, um, amazing area with a lot of history on the subject of Sasquatch. Okay. I mean, uh, some of the Native Americans to some of the people I work with have had stuff happen out there, and some of the, the uh, ca- uh, casts that have been cast out there have been found um, in the other areas of the state of Washington in, in remote locations. So it's um, it's a it's a vast area. It's some of it's pretty dang treacherous that particular mm-hmm. footage you know um it's it's very compelling to me and uh, uh I, it is I, to I, me as well yeah i mean yeah. it's yes it um one of the things is when i um, have been around thomas steenberg he actually talked to paul, paul freeman about that footage and and thomas came away feeling like it was that 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 had been hoaxed I'm like, man, that you know, if somebody hopes that they did a hell of a job because that is kidding. a very yes. uh, compelling. I mean, that you get a full frontal. Yes. You know, the, the footage right. is really another lacking other corroborating evidence. It's a, it's another right. piece of interesting uh, footage at best. It did not, you know, prove the subject. You'd have to have multiple footage of, Hello? you know. The other intriguing yes. thing there is at the end of that where it looks like there's a 
uh, a creature picking up a smaller one from the ground, which is right. Is right. Uh, yeah. Is why would you bother doing that? You know, if you, if this was your hope. So yes, and it's, it's very large to me. It looks large to me. Very large. Oh yeah, huge. Yeah. So it's hard for me to you know isn't isn't the Blue Mountains isn't that the area and Paul Freeman isn't how that how initially that Dr. Meldrum got involved in Bigfoot research. He went and reviewed some of the footprints. Shane, are you familiar with that story? Yeah, yeah, I'm not uh, totally familiar, but I do, I do know that that was an area that Meldrum visited early on that uh, mm-hmm. he found, uh, or did not, he was led to some impressions that happened to match uh, other impressions from another area. Um, of course, Meldrum being, you know, uh, you know, out of Idaho State University was given his uh, his job title, and I was very interested in, in, in footprints and stuff, and he, he identified key characteristics on both uh, of these different uh, sets of impressions that match each other, and then concluded that it was the same individual, um, but uh, each you know each cast was uh, you know about 50 miles apart in different areas. So that was pretty uh, unique, uh, and, th- and mm-hmm. that's. Uh, you know, like like you're talking about the the stature, the size of this thing, the Paul Freeman footage. Yeah, it's he's very large, and it's um, it's got a, a, a unique kind of step and gait that I found kind yes. of interesting yes. and compelling. Uh, so uh, you know, I I got to I got to lean towards it uh, being one of the better uh, possible piece of evidence out there. You know, um, yes. we were talking about Barcatino, uh his thermal footage, which was you know he's from California, but. Another okay. fantastic uh, researcher, but he got some great thermal footage years ago from the Washington uh, area, an area that I've been to. Yeah, he did. And, uh, yeah, and it's it's yeah. a really um, it's one of the best thermal footage out pieces out there. Like Gunnar mentioned, was pretty much taken apart and uh, in, in, you know by others and concluded that you know well, well I mean unless you got uh, Three individuals, you know, in a, this this remote area, hanging around a campsite in pitch dark night, um, which what that's what was captured was three individuals. Um, wow! To get the distance, but it's really good thermal footage. You know, I also um, I I also like Stacy Brown's thermal footage, and I also like the other Sarah yep. Johnson uh, Brown, uh, Sarah Johnson Brown, uh, their footage uh, from uh, Chehalis, Washington, uh, uh, of what appears to be a Sasquatch on the side of the hill, you know, and there's cows mm-hmm. walking by in front of it. I thought that was another great piece of footage. Uh, so those, those are some of the more compelling ones for me, even though the thermal stuff, it's you're just getting a heat signature. It's still very right. compelling once you got the context and the backstory. That stuff I find compelling. And that's, yeah, to me, that's always the requirement for any piece of evidence is the context. Do you have corroborating evidence that goes with it? You know, and and has anybody done anything to uh, investigate the circumstances around whatever evidence? You know, um, audio. We get we've had a lot of audio stuff that we find interesting in in our research mm-hmm. area here in Oregon. Um, but to me, the audio is the most difficult thing to to prove as being, uh, you know attributed to any particular animal unless you're unless you know every animal in that area and and have analyzed uh, your right, audio right. compared to every known animal in that area and then sometimes uh, we run across things uh, of known animals making uh, audio that we're not familiar with there was a, mm-hmm. a, a, a audio that was being recorded that people were, were saying was Bigfoot and um, it was at one point, in fact, this was Thomas Steenberg again. He actually saw coyotes making that very sound and wow. boy, it was difficult for people to let go of the, the you know, because uh, now Bigfoot, you know, uh, mimics every animal in the forest. So, True. of course, that it could still be Bigfoot because he was mimicking that coyote making that sound. Mm-hmm. But, So Fred, what are you, what are your future plans for for uh, Bigfoot research, and what do you what do you got up your sleeve this year? Well, I'm going to be going. Uh, I don't know the exact date on, it, but Steve calls is uh, 
we're getting together. We're going to go out uh, sometime this month. You're going to let me know. I'm not sure if they are yet, but we're going to be doing that. We're going to Pennsylvania in May. Um, Eric Altman's having a thing, a uh, Bigfoot uh, camping thing. We're going to go out uh, doing research there. That's in May, you know, May 6th, 7th, and 8th, I believe. So you said you were headed out to Pennsylvania? Yes, that's going to be in May for three days. Very good. I'm not, exactly, so, I'm not sure exactly whereabouts in Pennsylvania. I don't, I don't recall the name of the place, but it's supposed to be highly active. I guess they've had quite a few sightings in the area that we are going. Well, what do you hope to accomplish? I mean, what's your personal um, goal with, with Bigfoot research? I mean, are you trying to prove uh, they exist? Or? Yeah, that's that. I'd like to see one for myself. I, you know, if I'm lucky enough to get a photo or something, but I would definitely like to see one with my own two eyes that, you know, I'm very interested in that happening someday, if I'm lucky enough. So really you're looking, you're looking for a personal confirmation experience. Yeah, that and it did. I, I, I believe in my heart they exist, they exist, even though I've never seen them, but I've, everything I've had happen to me other than seeing one is a lot of their personality that I've read about that they did this one particular night. So I'm in my heart, believe that they're for real. Well, you, when, uh, you, you said that the first time that you went out six years ago, you had, uh, enough activity that you, that compelled you to keep going. What, what happened that first night? Uh, well, we had, uh, you know, uh, heavy footsteps and then we had this huge, uh, tree break branch break it was it was enormous and we even went out to look for where it had broken down it wasn't an old branch it wasn't uh bad weather it was during the summer and it was actually uh the tree wasn't old at all so it was something pulled it down in this area that we went to so you actually found the tree that had been that yeah broke. it was a lar- actually a large large branch and it was pulled down because whatever it, is, it had to be really tall obviously to do something like that but we uh we heard that it was very loud and, and were you able to determine how high up that the branch was, um, had been snapped I, from? I think I'm uh, seven or eight feet or something like that, because I didn't measure it, but my friends measured it. I believe that's what they said. It's in that gotcha. vicinity. Yeah, it was up there a little gotcha. bit. So do you have any plans to, to go to any of the conferences this year? Um. I normally go to Ohio every year, but I, this year I'm probably not going to go. I'm going to go to that. Uh, so it's almost kind of like a conference. The thing I'm going to is a camping outing, Bigfoot camping outing. So it's mm-hmm. kind of like a lot of people, the mountain uh, monster guys are going to be there, and they got other people going to be there. Gotcha. Well, no, so, they, but I'm gonna, uh, you know, we've, we've talked a little bit about about you getting over to Oregon one of these days and, and us going out and uh, – I'm definitely, I definitely would love to do that. I'm definitely in for that. Definitely. <laughs> well, we got, we got some good areas to take you when you get here. So, oh, I'm, I'm in. Believe me, I'm in for that. <laughs> <laughs> and the same if uh, we make it over to Massachusetts. Please do. Please uh, contact me. Definitely will. Yeah, we have. Was some, there anything uh, else? Like you- a, Oh, yeah, I did right. want to, actually, I did want to mention to you that uh, one of the times, I don't know if it was the first or second time I went out with Steve, we were in Whitehall, New York, where you know, I'm sure you know about Whitehall, New York being very famous. Mm-hmm. Very famous. Okay, we were there, and uh, we heard, we were there, we set up early for staying overnight, and it's like, we kept hearing whistling all day long, there was just, uh, uh, like a stream not too far away, we set up uh, trail cams, and at night, we kept hearing all these, all these noises. I had some uh, uh, night binoculars that a friend of mine only borrowed. And we kept hearing noises, so Steve said, let me see those for a minute. He looked there, and he thinks he's almost positive he's seen a juvenile a Sasquatch right across in the with very tall grass that was hunkering down in the grass. He's pretty sure it was. Interesting. Mm, it was very interesting. Very, very, uh, and then all of a sudden it was gone. They're like, they, like, disappear really quick. Well, that definitely fits the profile. I mean, they it sure does. They often, yeah, yeah they they uh, are quick little boogers. They sneak 
sneak out in and out. I always I'm, I'm the the opinion that they know when they come into an area how they're how they're getting out if they you know they need to bug yeah. out. I totally agree with you on that. Totally. Yeah, and they kind of are masters of their environment. Uh, well, yeah, you can remember they live out there all the time. Yep, they know where everything right. is, and they get the advantage over us big time. So, yeah, they they uh, have managed to outwit the Homo sapiens uh, mm-hmm. this long <laughs> to a to a huge degree. So, it's true. Well, Fred, I'd like to thank you for joining us today on Monster X Radio. And uh, we'll have to have you come back after you've uh, had your adventure in Pennsylvania. I would love to, and uh, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. You betcha. So um, we'll uh, talk to you. Uh, we will talk to you soon, buddy. All right. You guys have a great evening. You too. Thanks. You too. Thank you. So I'd like to uh, thank our listeners for joining us today on uh, Monster X Radio. Um, you can go to our new uh, website, which is www.monsterxradio.com, and subscribe uh, to get the latest updates and uh, uh, participate in our upcoming drawings and and such. So uh, for my uh, co-host Shane Corson, this is Gunnar Monson. Uh, we will be back next week with a new Monster X. Until then, keep it squatchy. Have a great week, everybody. Radio.